0: Warning, clips and quotes from this movie contain harsh language because, you know, Quentin Tarantino. Listener discretion is advised. I'm going to ask
1: you one question, and all I want is a yes or no answer. Do you want to live through this?
0: And welcome to Scream 101. I'm Brennan Klein.
2: And I'm Shannon Jalakian.
0: Today we'll be discussing the 1996 secret vampire movie From Dusk Till Dawn, directed by Robert Rodriguez, but written by Quentin Tarantino. And his fingerprints are all over this.
2: And our fate was actually decided by our special guest today. Brennan, who is a special guest and what is his relation to you? All right.
0: Our special guest today is Matt Russell. We worked together at DG Entertainment where I was transcribing episodes of The Simpsons. Um, why don't we let him introduce himself hello matt
1: hey guys how you doing
0: we're doing great how are you
2: oh i just already asked you already answered that so uh how do you know brennan
1: uh we work together
2: and how how have we gotten to this point here
1: well we very quickly discovered that we both have a deep love for the horror genre and uh you know i'm a little bit older than brennan not too much old not too much older but a little bit and so i've kind of seen a lot more than him so i used to always throw recommendations at him and uh it's funny because you're 21 now right yes i am yeah and you remind me of me when i was 21 and i was just watching every single thing i could get my hands on and uh you know hey.
0: I, lo- I love i uh, love turning you on to better movies oh okay well i mean yeah you have i think you have much more nuance in what you pick now because i'm just watching i'm just churning through the crap to get to the good (laughs) stuff and you already know where it is so that's actually helpful (laughs) and you decided this film because you guessed seven of our clues correct so you got seven killer karma points and this was your prize and thank you for coming on no thanks for having me i remember the one of the moments that cemented our uh outside of work friendship it was like the second day and the internet was down so we were just sitting there for like two hours and you're like want to see my new cut of rob zombies halloween that's better than the original <laughs> and that's one of my first memories of you and i was like this guy's a cool guy <laughs> that's funny because i do
1: remember showing you scenes of that uh to go into that when i got myself final cut uh the software just as an exercise i decided you know what i'm gonna take a movie that has a couple cuts available of it, and I'm just going to try and do some tweaking um, to it. And so I chose Rob Zombie's remake of Halloween. And uh, I ended up cutting like 15 minutes out of the movie, I think. Um,
0: Personally, you should have cut more.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's the remake that that we were hating on when we were doing our uh, Halloween episode, right?
0: Yes, yes.
1: Well, uh, so yeah, I, I, I did that uh, as a project to myself. And uh, you know, I like showing it to people who are big horror fans because I like I'm kind of proud of scenes where some moments I cut entire characters out sometimes I cut I actually rearrange shots to try and draw suspense out of moments more you know it was it was a really cool uh, learning experience about editing
0: yeah and it's one of the reasons that you're here with us right now so thank you Rob Zombie for <laughs> that one thing and <laughs> just before we dive into our discussion which is soon um one more thing what are Three of your favorite horror films.
1: Three of my favorite horror films. Uh, well, my favorite movie of all time uh, is Halloween, John Carpenter's Halloween. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, my other two favorite horror films, I would have to say Jaws is number two, because that's of my top five favorite movies of all time. All right. Um, and third would be John Carpenter's The Thing, uh, who's my favorite director. Excellent. So, yeah. Man, I knew Shannon and I are.
0: were really going to get along.
2: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Although I haven't seen Jaws, so I, I guess uh, that should y- be on the list. You've never
1: seen Jaws? No. Nope. We
0: can do it for Fourth of July, maybe.
1: Yeah, you should have come with me on 4th of July. We <laughs> watched it in 35 millimeter at the Arrow. It was amazing.
2: Ooh, awesome. So. Okay, so to start with our 10-word uh, reviews, I have two. How many do you have? Three? Yeah. And how many do you have? Uh, one. One. Okay, so let's do this in um, ascending order. So you may start,
1: Matt. <laughs> uh, my 10-word review is for Legend, and uh, it is Can't Go Wrong with Brian Helgoin and Two Tom Hardys
2: great so my 10 word reviews um i watched the adams family which is the movie my childhood was missing very funny very macabre and then also adam's family values because you know you got to do the whole thing and it's uh, joan cusack's best role other than school of rock okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> and my 10 words or less reviews what about 16 candles <laughs> <laughs> um okay the muppet movie charming uneven road trip movie rainbow connection is literally everything Spectre, if we don't force a romance, the internet will explode. And Mockingjay part two, how the hell did they make the better half boring? All right. I've been in the theater a lot this week.
2: (laughs) Yay. Uh, So as I had said just previously, now onto our main attraction, uh, our discussion. Again, there is spoilers. Brennan, let's say the plot.
0: As read from the Dimension Collectors Series DVD edition that I got from Andrew Furtado last week's episode Nightbreed director's cut. We one of my favorite DVDs ever. Yes. It's non-stop thrills when George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino that that's just that they're not characters <laughs> star as the Gecko brothers. There we go. <laughs> two dangerous outlaws on a wild crime spree after kidnapping a father and his two kids. The geckos head south to a seedy Mexican bar to hide out in safety. But when they face the bar's truly notorious clientele, they're forced to team up with their hostages in order to make it out alive.
2: So, as we say every single episode, we have a rating system. We rate uh, scariness 1-5 screams, campiness 1-5 perms, gore 1-5 severed limbs, and quality 1-5 unlucky stars.
0: And this is actually the second George Clooney movie that we've reviewed for this podcast. So I'm, I'm glad that we're Clunified up.
2: <laughs> yeah, still waiting on, on his most notorious, however. So got to get there eventually.
0: Wait, are we talking Return of the Killer Tomatoes or Grizzly 2, the concert? Because both are fantastic. Was Grizzly 2 finished? No, but you can find it on YouTube on an unfinished work print. And okay, it's mostly it's mostly there, except the ending is just dailies with no sound. <laughs> All of the temp music is the uh, Michael Jackson Thriller album, so it's actually kind of better than if they'd finished it.
2: God, that's just begging to be dubbed in, though. Like They've, they've got to have someone on online who's like cut a ridiculous version of it with their own voices, right?
0: I don't know if anyone's heard of this movie.
2: That's fair. Okay. Anyway, so Brennan, why don't you start with scariness? Um, one to five screams, go.
0: Okay. From Dusk Till Dawn, I rated it one out of five screams, but not out of any anger towards it it's just it's not a scary movie it's an action movie that turns into a like gooey gory awesome uh self-knowing horror film but it's it's not trying to scare you it's trying to be tarantino and kind of uh engage with the tropes of movies and how these movies work but it's not trying to freak you out um although i will say the one scene in the beginning It wasn't scary, but it was thrilling. It's when um, the sheriff is talking to the guy in the general store, and then it turns out that the Gecko brothers have been there the entire time, and it's a really cool reversal. It's not scary, but I just wanted to point out that scene because I really liked it.
2: Excellent. Okay, Uh, so Matt, you picked this movie. Why don't you talk about how scary it was for you?
0: Um, I do agree with Brennan. It's
1: probably a one. Um, The scariest thing about it for me is really um, Quentin Tarantino's character of Richie because he is the monster of the movie. Absolutely. Um, you know, he's he's uh, very unstable, capable of very bad things, and especially when he's around Juliette Lewis's character of Kate. Um, there's never a scene where they're alone together. I mean, the most Thank isolated God. they get together, they're in the back of a RV where there's other people. But, um, you know, that's where I think the scare, if any scares come from, they come from that character.
0: Yeah, I totally have to agree, and this is probably one of his best performances. Oh, too. I agree. I, yeah. think
1: it's, I think it's definitely his best performance. It's really... Um, it's really underplayed and, and mm-hmm. creepy.
2: Yeah, and he's a creepy guy to begin with, like in real life. But uh, <laughs> that's exactly. So, my, my serious score is two out of five. Um, it's higher than, than both of yours. And my entire reasoning was because of his character and just kind of like the underscore, like rapiness of his character. Right. Um, which also I think is interesting commentary considering that this is. I don't think it's trying to be scary, but considering that there is like monsters in it. And the scary thing is not the monsters at all is really saying something. But yeah.
0: It's like Nightbreed. I'm gonna stop bringing up Nightbreed eventually.
2: <laughs> I don't I think I I think it's one of those Nightbreed's one of those movies where you get to like it more as you as you leave it.
1: Quick Nightbreed story though. I remember the T V spots for that movie when they sold it wow. as a slasher movie. You know, and it was Ooh. like he is a creature of the night or something, and it would like cut to the close up of the knife being drawn or something. Like,
0: those are cool scenes, but it's not the movie. Right. It's weird. Anyway. um, Sorry, side note. (laughs) No, that's fine. We love side notes, but also we love moving on. Um, Our campiness score. uh, Shannon, how about you start?
2: Okay, so uh, campiness for this movie, I rated it a two, just because why does George Clooney have a tattoo?
0: Uh, It looks great, and George Clooney's the best.
2: I mean, his tattoo gets better when he takes his, like, coat off and you see that it's, like, up the arm. Like, that's, that's like... A Spoilers. <laughs> well, <laughs> I know. Spoiler alert. But there's that... Uh, other than that, it's not, like, an incredibly campy movie for the, for the time era that w- it was in. Um, but it's just, like... You know that, like, there was no woman who was on any part of the production of this f- film. Like, you can just tell. It's such a straight guy movie. And just... It just... I'm just, that's why I can't be score, can't be a score, it's just because it's, like, I feel like whoever was making this was just, like, jerking off while making all these decisions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, you're right, lots of explosions, and I think part of the subtext is literally that women suck, because it's this, um, like, all the strippers are vampires, and, like, let's stab all the women with the stuff, but Quentin Tarantino does. Well, there's Cheech and Trejo. Yeah, that's true. Like, there, there are dude vampires, but for, like, a couple scenes in the middle, it got a little weird. Mm-hmm. And then it gets awesome again. Um, actually, it was still kind of awesome. Never mind. Um, uh, oh, campiness. Nice. My score. I gave it three out of five perms for several reasons. Um, first of all, Quentin Tarantino wrote this movie. I don't. I'm sure Matt could give me insight as to whether or not he wrote the part for himself. He usually does. I don't know if he wrote it for himself. It's possible. Okay. Well, that character engages so much with Tarantino's foot fetish. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, he gets Selma Hayek pouring whiskey down her toes into his mouth, and just knowing things about that director makes it such a squeamish scene. And um, I like the cutaway to Clooney when
1: when oh, the, yeah? she focuses on Richie, and he's just like l- looking around. It's just it's a funny cutaway, in my opinion. Yeah,
0: there's there's some very good editing in this movie, but um, oh, when they first pull up to the bar, which is the Titty Twister but I don't think it'll get us an explicit, so we're fine. Um, it looks like Barter Town from Beyond Thunderdome. That's like there's possible. people driving motorcycles around yeah. and just flames and this guy's talking about pussy and just, it's so such an intense experience of just macho explosion and it's really fun to watch. And on, on the, another Mad Max-ish thing, the, the band, Once the Vampires Erupt, um they're playing guitar on like a dead body and it kind of reminded me of the doof warrior from fury road <laughs> nice and that's one of my
1: favorite lines that's not my favorite quote but i love it when tom savini looks and says now let's kill that
0: fucking band <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so awesome <laughs> and uh yeah oh tom savini sex machine He he's three out of five right there i love his penis gun <laughs> it's my favorite thing that's ever been invented in a movie and again it one comes of those back a super few times in Rodriguez's yeah. movies
1: it, it actually, it's first seen in Desperado. Okay. But they cut out the moment where he uses it. So you just kind of... I think Selma Hayek just picks it up in the guitar case.
0: But th- I think originally in the shootout, it was supposed to start with that gun. Good, because it's an awesome gun, and I'm glad they got to use it, because it's hilarious, and Tom Savini is incredible. He's the guy. He's the guy. This is the movie that...
1: Um, I mean, he acted a lot before this. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was in Maniac. He was in Dawn of the Dead, of course. But this is, I think... He's been in, I mean, he's in Django Unchained. He's in Terror, oh, yeah. So, uh, but this is by far my favorite character of his.
0: Oh, I, I don't know how anyone could disagree with that. <laughs> and what's your rating? Oh, uh, for campiness, yes,
1: uh, I would go with three perms because it's very uh, any campiness from this movie is is self-aware. You know, it has it's it's having fun.
0: So, yeah, absolutely. Oh, let's talk about, um, because now is as good as any, I suppose. I do want to talk about that moment that the vampires are revealed because Shannon's reaction was one of the best things in the entire world. Do you want to Do want to paint the picture?
2: <laughs> yeah, okay. So, we were watching this last night and Sergio was here. And uh, Sergio and Brennan were both like, you, you've heard things about this movie. Like, you've probably heard about the Selma Hayek scene, which I was like, I had no idea she was even in this movie. So, she comes out and Sergio called it the strip scene, strip strip scene it was not a strip scene but it was just her dancing um first of all didn't know Selma Hayek looked like that second of all she dances for like an obscene amount of time and then does the a, whole
0: a perfect amount of time someone argue
2: and then does the whole foot whiskey thing which I'm just like that's gonna be so sticky later <laughs> um and then like right after like like immediately right then I don't even know what, ha- I was. it was so fast, but, but she just like turns into a green monster. She looked more like the creature of, from the Black Lagoon than a vampire, but it was very quickly established that uh, she was a vampire, and I was just like, I honestly, right at that moment, I was so done. I was just <laughs> done with the movie. I was done with the movie prior to this, but it was just like, okay, all right.
0: Well, didn't it pick up for you after that point? Because you actually started getting into it because you were kind of bored during the crime scenes.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like, the entire buildup, I was, okay, so the only thing that was kind of intriguing was the characterization of Quentin Tarantino, because I thought that was, like, the monster thing, like, he was going to turn into some sort of, like, psycho killer, like, he already was, but, like, in a worse way, um, kind of, like, hard candy in a weird opposite way. Um, Did
1: you know there were vampires in this movie? No. Okay.
2: I had no idea. And I remember, so there were these there were these kids, in, and some, something that I said to Breton while we were watching was, like, I thought I was done with Tarantino when I left film school, but there were these kids in my high school who just, like, loved Tarantino. And so they ended up showing me the opening scene. So I had seen the whole blowing up the bar scene, but that mm. was it. Um, so I didn't know this was a vampire film. I didn't know what was going to happen. Like, I didn't know anything about this movie. Anyway, the buildup is happening. I'm feeling, like, really weird about the whole, like, rapiness vibe of this guy. And I paused the movie at the reveal, and I was like... <laughs> I turned to Brennan and I was like no this is for this is for research and I paused the movie and it said on Netflix that it had been an hour it was like an hour oh yeah. one and I was like you have got to be kidding me like it took a freaking hour before it even got to the point <laughs> that the movie started with its main like issue it was oh.
1: well it, what's cool about that is first of all this is a very divisive movie because of that like there's horror fans who don't like it because it takes so long to get to the vampires. And then there's a lot of Tarantino fans who hate it because, you know, the first hour is the greatest crime movie ever, and then it becomes a stupid horror movie, you know? (laughs) Like, when I saw this movie the first time, um, I rented it from Blockbuster, which uh, is a video store. If you guys don't know, those were... (laughs) What are those? Yeah. Um, The greatest place to go to when you were a kid back then. Um, No, I I rented some (laughs) Game Boy games from Blockbuster. I've been there. So, uh, I I rented it I watched it you know loved it and then I sat my sister down the next day I was like you got to watch this movie from dust till dawn and I thought it was sort of common knowledge that it was a vampire movie because um, I knew it was a vampire movie when I sat down and watch it so I sit her down we turn it on and she's totally along for the ride and then the second Selma Hayek turned into a vampire she's like that's so stupid Aww. and she like stormed out of the mo- stormed out of the room so uh You know, it's it's funny to me, like it's interesting to see like who goes along for the ride and who doesn't. And honestly, I think um I think I remember reading somewhere or hearing somewhere that uh it was never meant to be that long. Like it was just Quentin Quentin Tarantino just you know, he started writing and he got into the characters and it just kept going and going. And I'm like, Wait, I gotta gotta get to the vampires and
0: you know. Yeah, I mean i I was actually there for both halves, but just Shannon's like just uncontrollable rage at that twist was kind of hilarious. Have you seen The Descent? No. We're going to show it to her okay. soon. Okay, good. Uh, well, let's move on into gore just because we should move on. Uh, Shannon, why don't why don't you start? Because we're uh, being divisive.
2: <laughs> uh, love the gore. Gore was great. Gore was a three out of five. Um, I mean, it's something that Tom Savini's acting in this movie, but the- the um, effects were great, and you said that Tom Savini and the guy from right. Walking Dead.
0: Did Tom Savini do the effects? Because I know Greg Nicotero no. worked. On no, that. it's yeah. K and B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Whatever. Anyway, the effects were great. You know, not, not only the the like monsterization, but also you know all the gore effects. Uh, I hated I hated the uh, the guitar. The guitar was <laughs> was really dumb.
0: Oh, you mean the band playing? Yeah, playing? yeah. No okay. one would. What do you think of the doof warrior in Mad Max?
2: I like the Doof Warrior. Okay, Why? So
0: I just they they reminded me of the same thing, like this kind of like macho expression of just we're gonna go way over the top, and I dug it.
2: And that's fine, but like the that's not like a practical guitar is the problem.
0: <laughs> like it's it's got it's,
1: it's so
2: thick and like heavy, and I just like. Like I can understand,
1: but they're <laughs> vampires.
2: No, no, I get it, <laughs> and it's I can under- I can understand like using bodies for that purpose. But they just made it look like a body pillow that they were playing a guitar. It was I don't know whatever. So, <laughs> I just I felt <laughs> very much like Tom Savini. Like let's just kill the band. I'm done with it. <laughs> but it, it was a good it was a good device p- for uh, for the background sound. That was that was good. Um, no, but but uh, the gore was great um you know all the ways that they destroyed every time they turned and it was it was like green goo or 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 part of their heads were were dissolved with holy water like that was really cool and again like if it was if that was the entire movie (laughs) like if 15 minutes of it were like these two brothers with the you know weird vibes and then it turned into this vampire movie great but um but it was just like so so su- i didn't i don't know it was so sudden for me um but yeah so gore loved it awesome cool
0: uh yeah and i gave it four out of five severed limbs just because it's that's what it turns into in the last hour it's just this unremitting gore fest and it's so fun and it's so silly like it, it knows what it is like they're ripping out hearts and then staking them that's so cool um, And you know
1: whose heart that is don't you whose heart is it this isn't a trivia question later no it's not when he rips the heart out uh that's Jason's heart from Jason Goes to Hell.
0: I actually... I, well, I didn't recognize the heart. Well, but when obviously. the guy was carrying it, I mm-hmm. was like, is he going to eat this? Because that <laughs> happens in that movie. Like, a coroner eats a heart. Yeah. No, apparently that's the same prop. I thought... Okay, I didn't think that. But I'm happy that it is because it reminded <laughs> me of Jason Goes to Hell. Uh, which is... That's fine. That movie's fine. It exists. <laughs> um, I love the part where they... Kill like four vampire strippers on four legs of the table. Oh yeah,
1: with Fred Williamson.
2: That was a beautiful shot. It was gorgeous.
0: And there's a there's some crappy CGI like when the vampires are like melting. But overall, it is a lot of fun. It's got mm-hmm. some cool gore. And what would you rate it? Over? I'm
1: I'm with you. I I give it a four. Um, you know one one shot. It's not the goriest scene in the movie, but I just love it when uh when sex machines state <laughs> walking by staking all these bodies. And at one point, and. Also, if you watch the DVD, they they talk about you know Tom Savini, his like worst fear is glue. Like he says, he'd have a recurring nightmare of of uh, having glue in his armpits and his <laughs> elbows, you know, and his knees. Um, he's just he hates to be sticky, and he'd be like, "Don't As get a it." Makeup artist, that's a great thing to have. <laughs> exactly right, um, and he would just say like, "Don't get it in my hair," "Don't get it in my hair." And if you watch like the second time he stakes somebody, this just big gob of blood just squirts right in his <laughs> hair and he doesn't miss a beat like he just kind of throws his hair back and like flips the stake and goes on to the next one Aww. it just it cracks me up every time
0: oh they're just torturing that poor man although he's tortured enough people too so i guess we're even anyway do you have anything to add to that, or should we move on to quality?
1: Yeah, we can move on to quality.
0: All right. Uh, why don't we start with you, Matt, and then work down to Shannon, and we'll see where we get from that conversation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, actually, I give it between in four and five. Uh, mm-hmm. I really love this movie. It's, it's, it's my personal favorite of Robert Rodriguez's. Um, I love Robert Rodriguez as a filmmaker, and I love a lot of his movies. But um, The Faculty was the first of his movies I had seen. This was the first that really uh, introduced me to him as a filmmaker. And uh, you know, they've, they've uh, him and, and Tarantino have tried to, you know, they've gone back to the grindhouse formula, as yeah. we know, with grindhouse, Terror and death proof. And to me, this is, this is the best one that they did where um, like one thing that this movie has that death proof, for example, doesn't is death proof is primarily it's, it's a group of characters hanging out before the horror gets introduced here you have a conflict that, you know, the Gecko brothers, are they going to get away and you're involved with them and, and you know, what are they going to do with this family? You know, like you're along for the ride before the horror kicks in. So yeah, that would be, that's my rating.
0: That's a good analysis. Um, I, I rated it a little lower. I rated it three out of five okay. because I enjoyed it. I thought the marriage of the two genres was a little imperfect, like as an overall arc mm-hmm. for me. Cause I liked both halves, but I didn't really see them like, uh, together kind of cohesively. Mm -hmm. Um, but what I liked is this is a super silly horror film, but there's real characterizations in the script. Like they're actual characters. Yeah. Right. And the part where like the preacher needs to find his faith to save his family. I'm like, is this a Kirk Cameron movie? But, um, like there's actual, there's multiple conflicts going on. The characters are interesting. I, I enjoyed the entire process of it. I just didn't feel it glommed together perfectly. Mm-hmm. But I would watch it again.
1: It's interesting. I never, until uh, as Shannon mentioned earlier, I paused it when Selma turns into the, into the vampire because I had always thought it was an even split. I thought it was like 45-45. Mm-hmm. and I was like pretty surprised. I said, "Oh wow, it's actually an hour in. Yeah. So we have twenty minutes. It's less horror than crime." Oh yeah. So. That was just the first thing. This was the first time, the many times I've seen it, that I noticed it was a little bit. Uh, the scale was tipped a little bit.
2: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Am, are we at me now? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I rated it a two. <laughs> um, and again, as we've discovered before, like three is like I would would uh, voluntarily rewatch. So I probably wouldn't voluntarily re- rewatch. I will say um, something that definitely adds to the quality score that might bump it later as it as it's kind of matured in my mind is uh george clooney's portrayal of his gecko brother seth um because he had such like a strange depth to him being a brother but also a criminal but also like a family man you know etc um he has, a
0: wife. He has a, wife. a
2: wife yeah exactly so um that was really important i I thought that was really great but other than that it just made me so mad you know and it's not and it's nothing against it wasn't the movie essentially that made me mad it was the whole messing with the formula and like um trying to get away with things and then also taking so like if they had given me the additional 30 minutes of the gore fest and like that part I would have enjoyed it so much more.
1: So your main complaint was there wasn't enough horror. Oh to yeah, okay. totally.
2: And I, I mean, I like I like Tarantino movies. Like, I I understand, but I like them as Tarantino movies. So so it just yeah, it felt like, it felt like one of those weird um, TV episodes where you take two different um seasons that are on the same network and be like oh like they're in the same universe they're talking to each other and you know it's wrong (laughs) and it just doesn't feel right you know it's it was like that for me
0: you mean you didn't like jimmy neutron meets the fairly odd parents
2: oh that was a great episode we're not talking about that
0: (laughs) okay um on to our favorite section champion dialogue that was too loud i'm sorry um this is the part where we get to pick our favorite quotes from the movie. And I'm going to start because I'm in charge and I decide. No, that's not true. I just decided right now. Um, we let
2: him think he's in charge.
0: Yes. I write the things down. All right. Um, my favorite line in the movie is when uh, the Gecko brothers have a bank teller hostage or the lady, the bank... Bankstress? What's her name? What? Her name's Gloria. And... Uh, George Colina leaves to go get some Kahuna Burger because this is secretly a Quentin Tarantino movie. Also, there's a trunk shot. It's super Quentin Tarantino. Um, And we
1: meet Earl McGraw for the first time. The Texas Ranger in the beginning. Does he come back? Yeah, he comes back in both Grindhouse movies. He dies again in uh, Planet Terror. Perfect. And he's in Kill Bill.
0: Oh, great. I have not seen any of those. So (laughs) thank you for pointing that out. I'm so sorry. I see your face. (laughs) I'll get to it. Sergio's been yep. trying to get me to watch Kill Bill for like two years, and I will.
2: I've tried to watch Kill Bill. It's like my Lawrence of Arabia, which is really sad. I don't know why but it's not so like hard. But unlike like
1: Lawrence of Arabia. it's You can watch it in two sittings. It's can, two I movies. I can't
2: watch. I can never watch Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have issue trying to sit through either of those movies.
0: Well, Lawrence of Arabia doesn't have Uma Thurman kicking ass, so it is... Obviously a worse movie. But anyway, my line. (laughs) True. Uh, George Clooney leaves a creepy Quentin Tarantino and the bank teller lady alone. And this is what Tarantino says. You
2: want to come over on the bed and watch TV with me?
0: Like that, that line... It's, it's creepy because he's a really creepy character, but I just love that line reading, and it's so funny, and it's so underplayed, and it just kind of, I feel, defines the way that he performs that character, which is really good. Like, George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino give two of the best performances mm. in this movie. He
1: plays it, especially with that line, he delivers it childlike, yes. which makes it even more creepy, because you're not, again, you don't know, you already know he's unstable because he killed, he killed the... Texas Ranger, and w- we never quite know because it's over um, John Hurt's uh, shoulder. We never know, not John Hurt, um, John Hurt, uh, the guy, yeah, over uh, Benny, yeah, Benny oh, okay, the yeah. the John Hawk. That's it. Yeah, sorry. Um, you know, we we s- that shot is over his shoulder, so we don't know. Did he actually mouth the words "help us"? Probably Which not. right, right. But then when we get to know the character, yeah, he probably didn't. Um, so we already know that we already know he's unstable, but we don't know just how brutal he is, and so there we we're not quite sure yet.
2: Yeah, so and then you get that he's a compulsive liar, and then he's doing all these crazy things, and that George Clooney's protecting him no matter what, and that George Clooney's really more more uh, into it, more he understands it more than he leads on. Uh, yeah, the whole deal. Uh, yeah, that's a good good choice.
0: Thank you very much. What's your line?
2: Oh wait, sorry. Before I go on to my line, I just want to—I s- just want to point out that Quentin Tarantino tells her to take her shoes off on the bed, and uh, then stares no. at her feet.
0: This movie is just a metaphor for him struggling with his foot fetish.
2: Ah, uh, creepy. Okay, so uh, my champion dialogue um, is very simple. It just—it uh, was like in the middle, in the middle of the the first round of the of the vampire fight scene. Um, when we kind of take a break, and uh, and it's Tom Savini and Juliette Lewis, and this happens, and it's just the line where they're introducing themselves. What's
1: your name, Billy? Kate. What's yours? Sex Machine. Pleased to meet you, Kate. And
2: Tom Savini just delivers it like, like his parents named him Sex <laughs> Machine. And yeah,
1: it's so matter of fact.
2: Yeah, but no. he's also like so polite about it, you know. Sex like,
1: Machine. Pleased to meet you, Kate.
2: Exactly. Like it's not Back like a. Yeah, it's not like a you know Sex Machine, and he like pops his pistol you know from his pants
0: or whatever. I would love to see his business cards.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That'd be great. Oh, my gosh.
0: Sex Machine Johnson at your service. (laughs) Oh, no. Matt, what is your line?
1: Uh, My Champion Dialogue, it's so tough. This movie's got so many great lines, um, as most Tarantino movies do. All Tarantino movies do. Um, So I actually would be... I have two, but the one I'll pick is George Clooney's monologue of... Uh, dealing with the problem and coming to terms with it, you know, which is... Does anybody know what's going on here? I know what's going on. We got a bunch of fucking vampires out there trying to get in here and suck our fucking blood. And that's it. Plain and simple. And I don't want to hear anything about I don't believe in vampires. Because I don't fucking believe in vampires. But I believe in my own two eyes. And what I saw is fucking vampires. And it is just the greatest, greatest uh example of characters getting on the page of look this is what's going on and we better get we better get going i mean i think the only time it's been done as well is in john carpenter's the thing which is i don't know what's in there but it's weird and pissed off whatever it is
0: yes that opened our episode (laughs) that line yeah um yeah and i think it's kind of a model for how the audience is supposed to react to it too like it's vampires get over it we're doing this yeah which you
2: need because out of nowhere (laughs) <laughs> like Selma Hayek turns into a vampire, yeah. But also, I mean, and the the preacher says the same thing, like, like I, uh, you know, I don't believe in vampires, but I believe what I see, and that was exactly, you know, reiterated. Has
1: so. anybody read a? R- anybody here read a real book on vampires? I mean, a real one. You mean like a Time Life book? <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was great. Yeah.
0: Was that your was that your runner up line?
1: No, my runner up my runner up line was um, at the very end, spoilers when Cheat shows up as a uh, Carlos and the bar explodes, and he goes, What was going on in there? And Clooney punches him, and it's like, Why, out of all the godforsaken <laughs> shitholes in Mexico, do we have to meet here? You know, he's like, What were they? Psychos? Did they look like psychos? They were vampires, you know. <laughs> psychos don't explode when
0: sunlight hits them, you know. Yeah, it was a great scene overall, entirely. There wasn't. There
2: was a uh, kind of like an underrated part of the fight scene too, where Juliette Lewis takes her cross off and stuffs it in the guy's mouth. Yeah, and, and just he just like explodes, which I thought was was so good. Um, and this was before they started talking about like what what destroys vampires, blah blah blah. So, so that was uh, that was
1: good uh, good on her. Does anybody have any silver? Okay, then who cares? Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a, yeah, it was it's a fun. Mo- it's a it's a fun dialogue yeah. filled movie. Yeah, even the non-horror
1: scenes are just great. You know, from Mm -hmm. "I have six little friends and they can all run faster than you can." Yeah, you know, uh, what's in Mexico? (laughs) Mexican. You know, um, yeah. It's 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 as expected. It's just full of great, great quotable dialogue.
0: Yeah, and most of my most of the quotable dialogue does not come from my favorite character who, um, segue, 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 uh, my favorite character is Sex Machine, who's mostly silent for a very long time. And when he finally talks, he does have a lot of he lets blood. The, he
1: lets the crotch gun talk for him. Exactly. And the bullwhip.
0: If you have a crotch gun and a bullwhip, you don't need to say anything. People know what you're about. <laughs> and he's my favorite character just because I love Tom Savini as an artist. I love him as the creator of so many of like these nightmare scenarios. But then just... I was so surprised like I've seen him act before I've seen him in Dawn of the Dead and his cameos and whatever but in this it was just kind of this new vision of him like it was so transcendent I was like Tom Savini has exceeded all of my expectations for any human being that's exactly how I felt when I saw it the first time he's great
2: he's got some great arms too and Matt what was your favorite character
1: uh it's a toss-up I I love Sex Machine um and I also I like Seth Gecko. I like uh Clooney's yeah. performance the cool thing about it is like this is Clooney's uh first movie since he hit big with er um because he had this in one fine day like the same year um you know and it and I, I wish he would make action movies like this again you know um
0: yeah i was, I was surprised to see him be so good and so com- well i'm not surprised to see him good but surprised to see him in this kind of role after he hit it big and i was like he's committing fully to this. Oh yeah.
1: Crazy. I mean he goes he goes the whole way with it. I mean it helps when you have Tarantino writing. Yeah. I'm sure to commit to a, you know, to commit to a horror movie like this or a movie as crazy as this, but uh and it's just I mean it's an interesting character because he is a bad guy. You know, he he's willing to kill anybody, but he's a professional thief. It's I'm going to kill people that I don't have to. And I always found the dynamic between the brothers interesting because here you have brother who, I'm, look, I'm a professional criminal. I'll do what I have to do. And then he has his crazy brother who, you know, Seth kind of has this guilt himself. Like, you know, do you think this is what I am? You know, the crazy things you do. Like, this isn't what I do, you know? And I just, I found that interesting of this brotherly love for a character as completely irredeemable as Richie is, <laughs> you know?
0: Just, you know.
2: Okay, so uh, my favorite character, I have written down that it's Sex Machine because Tom Savini is wonderful. However, um, I'm going to change my favorite character because we need to talk to talk about Domino. Uh, that's not his name, I don't think. His
0: name is Frost, I believe. He's the guy that, oh, w- that was in Nam.
2: Yeah, so I'm calling him Domino because uh, some of his character building was just the fact that he's trying to stack dominoes on the tables <laughs> that um, these strippers are dancing on. And he gets, like, upset over the fact that these very sexy ladies are messing up with, with his dominoes, you know?
0: I feel like that's what I would be like at a strip club. I'd be like, hey, lady, your boobs just knocked my dominoes down. <laughs> I'm very upset. Go away.
2: Right. And, and, uh, um, and then he goes into the whole Nam thing. Obviously, this movie is bringing me back to high school a lot. But there was also this this trend.
0: Did you go to high school in Nam?
2: No. Uh, there was this trend in high school where a whole bunch of these boys would constantly start their conversations with, um, when I was in NAM. Oh, just <laughs> seamlessly, for no reason. It was like every conversation they had, they said, well, when I was in NAM. You know, and blah 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 blah. And I Why didn't. Why would they do that? I didn't realize until today or until yesterday actually that it was a reference to this movie, and it was a reference to how great this movie was, and 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 just that part of the movie, because it was these are all film buff kids, and and they just like must have seen this movie, and then translated that into like they made it essentially like their own personal meme, and were um, putting it in all their dialogue. Uh, so when I when I listened to the to that monologue I was like oh <laughs> okay but there's okay. a lot
1: of movies where characters go you that's know true. I was in Nam that's true know, f- through the 80s and 90s
2: that's true so uh, it was one of those m- moments I guess mm-hmm. but uh, I have a, I have a distinct feeling that it happened to be this one that was like especially important to them um, but he w- he's a great character he's the one who like takes the heart directly out of the chest <laughs> um, how someone develops that skill I don't know I love it. <laughs> How they yeah, they
1: well they got squishy bodies you know yeah they're i love bodies.
2: i love how they bring that up later where they're like they're squishier i'm sure if you hit them hard enough their their heads <laughs> that, that's another fall one off. of the best
1: lines because like that's probably tom savini's best moment in the movie because he just goes you hit one hard enough take the head right off and he just gives scott this look before he steps out of frame it's just yeah perfect. and scott even does the like slow moving away from uh, s- yeah. sex machine
2: yeah which is great because then you know that opens up that that, that uh creates a larger suspension of disbelief for actually taking these heads off because you don't need to be strong in order to do it now. Um, so, yeah, so Domino, uh, you know, being like the one black character, the one who's able to, like, pull pull a heart out of the chest, um, the one that dies, and then when he turns into a vampire, he was also my favorite vampire because his neck was, like, That's two hot. times bigger than his own body. It was just, like, so... Th- Thick. and it was great so not he, only that
1: he becomes the king of the vampires like instantaneously all the He's, that away that's a
0: great shot
1: yeah and also um one of the things i was thinking of when i rewatched it was you know they kind of at first i was like you know the rules of how fast the vampirism takes <laughs> over kind of gets played with but actually i think um i think it has to do with where you're bit because frost and richie are bitten in the neck so they They turn relatively quickly, whereas um, even though Sex Machine changes pretty quickly, too. But I think him and Jake, it's because they were bitten in the arm. It takes a little bit longer. It's more like a zombie bite. It takes a while to transfer
2: through the system. Yeah. And these vampires are very zombie-like. Yeah. Uh,
1: A lot of of stringy flesh from uh, the bites.
0: uh, A lot of zombie uh, pullage.
2: Yeah. A lot of green. It was very Troll too in that sense. It was, uh, yeah, good stuff.
0: So Shannon, what was your favorite scene? Perfect segue. You're welcome.
2: Uh, My favorite scene was when um, uh, the preacher, uh, Jake. Jake, thank you. The great
1: Harvey Keitel. Yeah, we haven't mentioned by name. Yeah,
2: yeah. Harvey Keitel. Uh, So Jake, the preacher. By
0: all of these like monolithic figures so far.
1: But for, I mean, we also got to give props to him too. I mean, such a great actor oh, yeah, who commits absolutely. to this great character in the middle of this that. crazy movie. It's, um, I mean, he's also in my top three favorite characters. I, I love mm-hmm. I love him in it.
2: Anyway, uh, so my favorite scene was when he is behind the bar and he finds two things. He finds a shotgun and he finds a bat. And he peacemaker.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's he, a silver bullet <laughs> reference.
2: <laughs> he puts the bat in in the like below the barrel of the shotgun and creates a cross and the entire time he like stands up and he's he's warding off because it's now a cross and he's a preacher so that's enough i guess um but the entire time and brennan can attest i was just like just cock the shotgun cock it with the bat cock it with (laughs) the bat please cock it with the bat and sure enough you know, not too long later he shoots a couple and then he cocks it with the bat and it's just it's a wonderful I, I love yeah. it when they play with um with uh the
1: the way in which to cock a gun.
2: Well yeah, <laughs> well just, just uh um like the, the murder weapons essentially, or like the, the savior weapons, you know. Mm-hmm. Um I I always love something something new. So give me give me a staple gun, give me you know uh, an air compressor, like give me give me something weird, and and I I super dig it because it's very resourceful in that way. So for him to make a cross, but that is also a shotgun, is wonderful.
1: That is the coolest way to cock a shotgun since uh, Arnold, you know, flipping the twirling the shotgun in T2. You know, I mean, that that is the first time I saw that. I was like, oh, that's cool. (laughs) And then you had the Rock in the Rundown who would like put the shotgun in his his armpit to cock it as he was shooting sideways and
0: And stuff like that. It's, it's efficient too. It's a way of two birds with one shotgun. (laughs) Um, and my favorite scene is part of the, um, uh, the liquor store scene in the very beginning, but it's when they kill the liquor store clerk and he's on fire and he falls on top of bags of popcorn and they start popping. (laughs) That's just, one of my favorite elements of the film, like literally that's my favorite part of the film just because it was so clever and so such an interesting way to die like that didn't have to be part of it at all but it was just such a nice button on the end of that scene it was so cool
2: it was so well choreographed too for the brothers to just be like you know uh what was seth and what was the other name richie richie just be like richie shoot the bottles And he's like got it and then they shoots the bottles and then the other one lights lights the toilet paper after kicking the ronson all down uh that was a uh, That was just a great, well-choreographed scene. That was nice and compact. Why couldn't the entire movie be nice and compact like that? (laughs) Anyway, sorry, I'm over it, I swear.
1: So what's your favorite scene, Matt? My favorite scene would actually be the entire opening scene Okay. from uh, Earl McGraw first showing up, them having this conversation. Michael Parks is an amazing actor, and you're just totally pulled into him as he's talking. And then to have that reveal that the entire time Benny's been acting... Like, to make sure that, like, yeah. let on that he's not he's not acting scared. And the bickering when he's like, you know, under the circumstances, I ought to get an Academy Award for how natural I'm acting, you know? Um, and then from that to Clooney, you know, just being, he looks, Rodriguez knew how to shoot him. Like, he oh, just yeah. looks so cool staring into the frame, you know, staring right into the lens with the gun aimed. Um, the dialogue in that scene is amazing. It's one of the best like ways if you're if you're a screenwriter and you want to know how do you capture your audience in the first your reader in the first 10 pages watch this opening scene you know all the way to them walking out of the com- out of the convenience store you know bickering while it explodes yeah. behind. Them. that's ca- that's become a cliche now with you know guys walking with explosions behind them and not cool paying attention to it exactly <laughs> but rodriguez was i think he was the first to do it between desperado and from dust till dawn so um
0: that is a fantastic scene. Yeah,
1: that is hands down. Uh, and then the shootout is great. You know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And let's dive right on into the games. Uh, we're gonna do. <laughs> we're gonna do a similar game that we did on the Nightbreed episode, where it's kind of like Matt is our resident in quotes expert on From Dusk Till Dawn because you've actually seen it before, <laughs> and you're the fan. So we're gonna do a trivia game called the Mind Twister. <laughs> Um, but for every question that Matt gets right, you're going to get one point. And Shannon's going to get two points for every question that she gets right. Got it. Three points did not work last time. That was a mess. So <laughs> I'm just trying to even the tables. But he didn't
2: rewatch his movie, is the thing. That's true, but we will see
0: because some of them are very difficult. So I was just trying to even the, even the balance. Um, let's get started. Question number one what is the name of the liquor store the geckos the gecko brothers lay siege to who answers first <laughs> just whoever comes up with it first yeah raise your hand
1: should shannon go first and then i'll just say if that's right or not
0: no you oh, okay. if you know the answer you say it
1: okay it's benny's world of liquor
0: yes it is you got two one point. One whole point um number two what is the name of the motel where everybody stays the Mean Old Bastards Motel? No. Shannon?
2: <laughs> Not a clue.
0: No, it's it's the Dewdrop Motel. Again, they get easier because all my specific questions I kind of front load. <laughs> um, okay, this one. We'll see. What movie reference can be spotted on Scott's t-shirt? I'm glad I didn't mention that earlier. If you, Matt, if you know it, you can just say it.
1: I, I want to give Shannon okay, a give shot. Me, you
0: give, okay, we'll give you a couple of seconds. Head start.
1: Assault on Precinct Thirteen. Yeah, his T-shirt says Precinct Thirteen, which I can't believe that shirt's not available online anywhere.
0: Sure, it's so it's so simple. Yeah, you like, would think it think would think be out could there? have it. Whatever. Uh, number four. What town do the Gecko Brothers plan to take refuge in at the end? Uh,
2: do you, I don't. Uh, I'll even give a you town. a hint
1: on this one. What's the name of Robert Rodriguez's network?
2: Uh, Dimension Films.
1: <laughs> El Rey.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. El Rey. Okay. Yeah. Well,
0: Sorry, because his network is named El Rey, which is why I recognize that.
1: I believe that comes from the, the getaway, from the novel oh. the getaway. I think that's where they get El Rey from.
0: Nice. Uh, name two of the three characters played by Cheech Marin.
2: Uh, Carlos. And... You need the names? Just like the guys? Okay, so like, like Carlos, he was also in the very beginning. Um but he was also the guy who was talking about all the different types of pussy right that him yeah,
0: what, what
2: oh uh he was
0: i mean your name too so you're fine okay so yeah but
2: but he was in the beginning and he was what did he he what was he doing
1: he was border patrol
2: oh oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: all right number six what condom brand does scott use to make makeshift molotov cocktails
2: that, that's not what a Molotov cocktail is my dear but okay
0: <laughs> makeshift fire whatever
2: condom
1: bombs yeah they're more like oh, uh, water, water balloons holy Hol- water balloons basically. okay whatever
0: I uh, it, there was fire I was like <laughs> that seems right
1: I don't know what it is I'm just gonna guess it's red apple
0: <laughs> <laughs> no but that would be that would be awesome
1: yeah that cigarettes and condoms that's that'd be
0: funny <laughs> if they did both of those like the, the rabbit in red uh
2: trojan
0: no it's rocket which is actually also the name that's of right. Robert Rodriguez's son, I think, or er, no, it's the name of something like that. I might be wrong. Don't listen to me. Um, <laughs> num- number seven. What is the name of the town where the Gecko brothers robbed a bank?
2: Abilene. Yes. Nice.
0: Yeah. I remember you specifically pointing that out like four times and I don't know why. What does that mean? Well,
2: that's because Henry's grandma's from there.
0: Oh, I forgot that. <laughs> um, uh, number eight. What percentage of the earnings does Carlos eventually take at the end?
2: 25
0: that's actually debatable Matt I'm gonna come to go to you on this
1: Uh, they agree on 20 but as they shake hands they say 25 so I would give it to yeah I will give, I give it, it to you. Shannon but what was the original price
2: it was 30 and then his brother died so they were gonna do 15 and then they started the negotiations and then Cheech was like 28 which is like come on wow. uh, and then they decided on 25 yeah
0: all right well you earned that point let's go plus however much he gives Kate <laughs> At the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh number 9. What two types of beer does Carlos offer Seth Gecko in the end?
2: Oh, Mexican, he says we have Mexican and domestic, which we discussed doesn't make any sense because they are in Mexico. <laughs> Therefore, <laughs> what what the heck? Mess. Yeah.
0: Okay, I just liked that See, line.
1: You did you're doing pretty well for not staying with the movie the whole time.
0: Okay, number 10.
1: We need more questions from earlier on in the movie when she wasn't along for the ride.
0: Wait, that's
2: actually so true because I haven't gotten any from... You couldn't remember the Border Patrol. Yeah, even the Border
1: Patrol. It was just like, "Uh, I don't don't care. But you did remember Cheech at the Titty Twister. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right. uh, The last one should be pretty simple. It's what is the name of Salma Hayek's stripper character?
2: Oh, it was it like... I, this is going this is like I was going to say like pandemonium floclorico but it's completely wrong.
0: It's only half wrong. So yeah, Matt, it's uh, come in for this it's looping? um it's the first word I always get. It's
1: Santa it's
0: Santa Claus.
1: <laughs> I, I don't even want to mispronounce it. I can't remember what it is. So, it would be pandemonium Santipico. I don't know.
0: All right, we'll we're get, we'll... tripped up by the Spanish. It's <laughs> Santanico Pantamonio. Santanico, there you go. And for the record, my stripper name is Savory Butters. I got it <laughs> when I was at Costco. <laughs> the next game, I'm going to play you guys some audio clips on my phone so you guys can hear it. Okay. But I'm going to splice them in later. But you can still react to them. I just want you to be able to hear them.
1: I was expecting you to use the the, the Carpenter uh, tracks. That was the solution back at the game that he used to have with... Uh, Is it a Carpenter song or a John Carpenter title? The Carpenter game. Yeah. I ran out of Carpenter titles. I was like, so go with track names from the scores. (laughs) I expected you to do that.
0: And the next game we're going to be playing is called The Carpenter Game Part (laughs) (laughs) 3 in 3D. Is
1: it really? (laughs)
0: Yes, it is. (laughs) Um, It's not exactly what you suggested. but um, Because Matt is such a huge fan of John Carpenter, and Shannon is like a blossoming fan of him as we watch more of his films. Um, this game is kind of more complex than the ones that we've played before, which were song titles versus movie titles. Cause I ran out of both. Um, so this is going to be, is this a line from a Car- a Karen Carpenter song or a line from a John Carpenter movie? And you're going to hear the audio clip at the end to confirm whether or not you're right. Does that make sense?
1: Oh, okay. Sounds good.
0: So... The Shannon
1: answer first, and then I confirm or deny. How do we do that?
0: Um, I'm going to say with whoever answers 1st we'll get the point regardless. Oh, okay. Um, because I got to catch up anyway. I so. tried to make these pretty, <laughs> obs- uh, like, not like, it's not like, it's Halloween, everyone's entitled to one good scare. Like, it's stuff right. that could be either. Okay. And I'm going to read them all as if they're dialogue. Gotcha. All right. You ready to start? Number one. Something in the wind has learned my name.
2: Uh... John Carpenter?
0: Carpenters.
1: Something
2: in the wind has learned my name. (laughs) Wow. Okay, yeah. That's fine.
0: (laughs) So, I'm actually going to give the point to Matt. So, I'm just going to do whichever... You you both can guess. Because that game is fun.
1: Alright, sounds good.
0: Number two. It should be right outside my door now. Carpenter. John Carpenter. What do you think, Shannon?
2: Hmm. The Carpenters. We'll just make it fun.
0: It should be right outside my door now. The Fog. Yeah, that's The Fog. Okay, so Matt gets point. Number three. I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. John Carpenter. Shannon?
1: The
2: Carpenters.
1: And I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. Okay, what movie is that from? Yeah, you Big should... Trouble in Little China. Yeah, that's is. Jack Burton in the Old Pork Chop Express.
0: You should pretty much listen to Matt at this point, probably. <laughs> Number four. It seems I always wind up here with you.
2: Okay, no, that's got to be the
1: Carpenters. I'm gonna go Carpenters on that one.
0: It seems I always wind up here with you.
2: Good. <laughs> sounds like a lyric. My dad is gonna be so excited. He's always like, we watch like Friday the Thirteenth, and he's like, where's the jo- the Carpenter game? And I was <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> let's play the Sean S. Cunningham game um all right number five i've made my mind up i must live my life alone let shannon answer first before you answer Matt.
2: the carpenters
0: i'm going the carpenters too i I love that song (laughs) and i i'll have to make these harder next time but i still like this game (laughs) um Number six. We need like a buzzer. I, I I should have brought like the taboo buzzer or something. Oh yeah yeah. yeah. I, we actually have that game.
2: <laughs> well, also it, this would be a lot harder if if both of us didn't like had the same uh, disknowledge of uh of John Carpenter. But again, I am budding as as and uh, yeah. Matt is not.
0: You're right. I, well, I was trying to pick lines that weren't like iconic lines, but Matt has seen these too many times. Um, <laughs> but this line is, we found something, we found something. We found something. Uh.
2: Uh. John Carpenter.
1: Matt? Well, technically that's John Carpenter. That's from the teaser trailer to the thing.
0: <laughs> yes, it is. Hold on. We found something.
1: We found something. We found something.
0: Matt knows everything way too well. This is disappointing. <laughs> um. Sorry.
2: It's like he's your friend or something. I know.
0: Well, I just, I need to bring this game back, even if everyone's too good at it. Uh, number seven. You said you'd be coming back this way again.
2: Okay, that's a good one as far as like whether it's the Carpenters or whether it's John Carpenter. Because. Uh, they're
0: all fantastic. You're welcome.
2: Whatever. Um, <sighs> I'll, I'll, I don't know. John Carpenter.
0: All right, Matt. I'm going to go to Carpenters on that one. All right, and the answer is... That's from Superstar, another classic song, so Matt gets the point.
2: <laughs> I'm glad that no one knows any Carpenter songs, though. I'll be honest,
1: though. That one was a little... That one had me thinking for a second. But really? I was like, you wouldn't know In the Mouth of Madness or movies like that that would probably come from, so...
0: The later if 90s movies. If you say movies. so. Number eight. With your mind, you have the ability to form and transmit thought energy. Shannon.
2: Please tell me that's not the Carpenter. like, that's <laughs> got to be John Carpenter, right?
0: I'm going Carpenter on that one. John oh, Carpenter, okay, sorry. Okay, so let you say John <laughs> Carpenter, and here's the answer. Oh, no. With your mind, you have ability to
2: and transmit thought energy. God
1: nice. damn got, it. Wow. Why is this game so good? I'm <laughs> so surprised by this. I'm glad to just finally be playing it.
0: Yeah, I'm so happy that both of you actually picked John Carpenter because I'm finally like, yes, this is why I started this game. Right,
1: because that's that's a great, that one definitely trips people up. I know, that was
2: so specific.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's from um, Calling Occupants of Interplanetary Craft, which is the one that everyone thought was a John Carpenter film last time because it's (laughs) so weird and sci-fi. And all right, number nine. This is an excerpt. A change in the earth and the sky.
2: The Carpenters, with their hippy-dippy shit?
0: (laughs) I'm calling The Carpenters on that one. Okay, both of you say The Carpenters, and here's the answer.
2: A change in the earth and the sky.
1: Uh, I knew I would get tripped up on a Prince of Darkness one.
0: See, you said I didn't know these things. I said you wouldn't know the 90s very well. That's the 80s. Okay, fine. But (laughs) Donald Pleasance, that is John Carpenter, so neither of you get a point. And our final question is... I won't be so blind next time.
2: I'm also going to say that's the
1: Carpenters. Me too.
0: Okay.
2: And I won't be so blind next time. Yeah, you
0: guys are right. I got to say, though, a very admirable job pulling out uh, lyrics. Thank you. That was hard. That was so much more work than last time. I couldn't just (laughs) browse the track listings. Um, Okay, so the final point spread is really close. Matt has 10 and Shannon has 12. So, Shannon is officially the uh, king of From Dustal Till Dawn, and you must give her all of your money.
2: Woo! I cannot believe that I won. Also, again, it's just because of the last 30 minutes of the film, which is great.
0: <laughs> you didn't even
1: know the John Carpenter reference in From Dust Till Dawn.
2: No. No. <laughs> nope.
0: Matt, Matt honorarily wins the game. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all that matters is that I really like the three John Carpenter movies that I actually have seen.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, but Matt came here bearing gifts and he brought us a copy of Christine. So we'll probably make you watch that soon.
2: Yeah. And it was funny because that was the movie that I was like when it came up on the John Carpenter game the first time he played it. I was like <sighs> so solidly convinced that that was a song and that Brennan liked that song. And it was one of his favorites, and wasn't even a song. So <laughs> I'm really glad that that of all films is going to be the one that and we're going to watch. It's also soon. a
1: Stephen King novel. So
2: that's right. I'm so lacking. I don't think I've ever read a Stephen King book. So um,
1: that was actually the first Stephen King novel I ever read. Really? Yep.
2: Right on. Very cool. So yeah, gotta gonna get on it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, yeah. I I don't disagree, but that's why we started this podcast because. It's my domain, and I'm bringing it into your world and shocking you with vampires an hour in. Um, Let's uh, start our closing statements. Um, Recommendations for people who agreed with us about this film. Why don't we start with Matt, because he's our guest.
1: Uh, So my recommendation is actually a film that we talked about possibly being my film for this week.
0: Uh, Oh, okay.
1: But we ultimately went with From Dusk Till Dawn, because it's available for everybody to see on Netflix and Amazon streaming and iTunes. Uh, my recommendation is a film called Bone Tomahawk. It's oh. brand new. It's on iTunes and Amazon streaming. Stars the amazing Kurt Russell, uh, Richard Jenkins, Matthew Fox, and Patrick Wilson. And uh, it's another it's another genre bending film where it's primarily a western uh, that takes a turn eventually. And I recommend that the less you know going into it, the better off you are because then you're at you're actually on the journey with the characters um but like from Dust till dawn it starts off as one kind of movie and then you just go along and you go along with these characters and it makes a turn
0: (laughs) that sounds really cool um and that's totally fitting with the from Dust till dawn i'm gonna say architecture because i can say words um (laughs) my recommendation is slightly less highbrow it's um, the film Buffy the Vampire Slayer with Christy Swanson. I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, it's a fun movie. I, I grew up with that
1: movie, so Paul Rubens cracks me up every time. And Luke Perry.
0: Yeah. Well, just those vampires kind of reminded me of Buffy vampires, and then I was thinking about the Buffy movie, and I was like, let's watch this again. Mm-hmm. David Arquette is in it. It's a fun time.
1: Come on, Lefty. You remember <laughs> the last time you messed with me?
0: Yeah. Just uh, <laughs> don't uh, don't come into it expecting anything like the show. But actually, I think it engages with its concept better than the show. The show is better in general, but the idea of the the uh, the idea present in the title of like Buffy, the blonde cheerleader who fights vampires, that is actually way more engaging in the movie.
2: Great, yeah. Uh, and my recommendation is. Um... The Faculty, which is a Robert Rodriguez movie, which I didn't know when I when I watched it. I just watched it because Clea DuVall was in it. Um, but it was very, very good. And there's such a weird. It's such a weird star-filled cast because I John feel. John Stewart. Yeah, people are people who are in that movie are, are far. I, I feel far more famous now than they were <laughs> back then. Obviously. For the longest um, time,
1: John Stewart was Mister. Uh, I can't remember his name in the movie actually. Yeah, he um, was. that was what he was known for. And he was... Uh, he was in Big Daddy. Yeah, he was, he was Adam Sandler's roommate <laughs> for yeah. the longest time, and then Daily Show.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was great in that as the chemistry teacher. Um, Salma Hayek is in it. B.B. Newworth is in it. Usher is in it. Uh, Elijah Wood. Josh Hartnett.
0: Yeah, Elijah Wood, Josh Hartnett. Uh, that, that other Robert one. Patrick. Oh, yeah. The T-1000. Oh,
2: Georgiana uh, Brewster is in it. Included um, of all. I mean, it's great. So... So, yeah, it's uh, it's awesome. Um, it's probably one of my favorite high school horror films. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's my recommendation.
0: All right, and we'll move on into the clue section. If you guessed our clue from last week, we will be watching Stage Fright Aquarius, which Matt actually guessed, so he gets another killer karma point, which he's working towards something that we've yet to decide. Can I ask, did anybody guess this movie? Uh we didn't hear from anybody guessing this movie. I was going to say cuz even I knew
1: what the movie was and I was like, "Really? I don't even know what that is."
2: <laughs> Which is good cuz my you know, my dad, we talk about my dad all the time. My my dad was like come on like the the clues used to be impossible and now they're too easy and blah blah blah, blah. and i was like i'll tell brennan that and you'll never get another one ever again <laughs> and then uh but i got a text from him. i always get texts from him after he's listened to our podcast but i got a text from him and it was just pictures of this guy putting his bag I- into an overhead compartment on a plane right and they were blurry and it was you know atrocious and it's it's common for me to get random um <laughs> things from my father but at the very bottom he put robert rodriguez and then uh I got the confirmation this morning that he did guess the clue right, and that it was from *Dust to Dawn*. And uh, uh, he was like, "That's so funny because I saw him on—I th- saw Robert Rodriguez on the plane yesterday." And I was like, "Yeah, I
1: know."
0: That's awesome. Well, cool. And I'm trying to find a happy medium with the clues because if they're so hard, it's just really diff- like it's difficult for everyone. It's kind of obscure, but it's just kind of like depending on how creative I am that day.
1: Especially <laughs> the most obscure, the, the more obscure films are tough definitely tough to
0: yeah absolutely but uh speaking of here's the clue for the episode we'll be doing two weeks from now we're tying together some loose ends with a film that really should have starred jamie lee curtis and heather Langenkamp. and if you have a guess for that clue or if you have watched stage fright Aquarius over the next week, you can contact us on Facebook at scream one, one podcast on Twitter at scream one, one pod via via email at scream one, one podcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on iTunes, subscribe rate and review us. Give us five stars for uh, the amount of penis guns that I really want to buy.
1: You can follow me on Twitter at at Matt underscore 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 Russell, R-U-S-S-E-L-L. So Matt, Russell Russell with three underscores <laughs> in between Your first and last names really don't like each
0: other You have to separate them Yeah, pretty much <laughs> Were there like 800 other Matt Russells yeah. on Twitter? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry uh, Okay
2: So credits uh, Scream 101 podcast is done By myself, Shane Shalakian and, and the wonderful Brandon Klein uh, Wonderful is an inside joke now Because I guess I say it too often Yeah, well whatever also thank you again to matt russell for being on our show today it makes our show so much more exciting um and now you're my father's biggest rival so uh
0: (laughs) even better it's on (laughs) no thanks for having me guys yeah thank you so much for coming and we'll be playing you out with texas funeral by john wayne more and watch tv with me that was just a joke um bye
2: bye bye
0: <laughs> okay that's perfect
2: fine. and we're out